Chapter Ten of the Prelude to Adventure by Hugh Walpole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Ten. Craven. One. That evening, Ova was elected president of the Wolves. It was a ceremony conducted with closed doors and a much drinking of wine by a committee of four and the last reigning president who had the casting vote the college waited in suspense and at eleven o'clock it was understood that doon had been elected according to custom on the day following in hall ova would be cheered by the assembled undergraduates while the gods on the dais smiled gently and murmured that boys will be boys meanwhile the question that agitated the sawline world was the way that cardiac would take it if it had been anyone else but doon but it couldn't have been anyone else there was no other possible rival and cards like the rest of the world bowed to doon's charm the dublin match to be played now in a fortnight's time would settle the football question it was generally expected that they would try doon in that match and judge him finally then on his play there was a good deal of betting on the matter and those who remembered his earlier games said that nothing could ever make doon a reliable player and that it was a reliable player that was wanted when olva came into hall that evening he was conscious of two pairs of eyes cravens and bunnings on either side of the high vaulted hall the tables were arranged and men shouting waving their glasses lined the benches Ova's place was at the end farthest from the door and nearest the high table, and he had, therefore, the whole room to cross. He was smiling a little, a faint color in his cheeks. At his own end of the table, Craven was standing, silent, with his eyes gravely fixed upon Ova's face. Halfway down the hall there was Bunning, and Ova could see, as he passed up the room, that the man was trembling and was pressing his hands down upon the table to hold his body still. When Ova had sat down and the cheering had passed again into the cheerful hum that was customary, the first voice that greeted him was Cardiac's. "'Congratulations, old man, I'm delighted!' There was no question of Cardiac's sincerity. Craven was sitting four places lower down. He had turned the other way and was talking eagerly to some man on his farther side, but the eyes that had met Olva's two minutes before had been hostile. Cardiac went on, "'Come in to coffee afterwards, Dane. Several men are coming in.' Olva thanked him and said that he would. The world was waiting to see how Cards would take it, and beyond question, Cards was taking it very well." Indeed, an observer might have noticed that Cars was too absorbed by the way that Doon was taking it to take it himself consciously at all. Olva's aloof surveying of the world about him, as a man on a hill surveys the town in the valley, made of Cards last year and a half a gaudy and noisy thing. He had thought that his attitude had been nicely adjusted, but now he saw that there were still heights to be reached, perhaps in this welcome that he was giving to Doon's success he might attain his position not in any way a bad fellow this cardiac but obsessed by a self-conscious conviction that the world was looking at him the world never looks for more than an instant at self-consciousness but it dearly loves self-forgetfulness for that implies a compliment to itself 
afterwards in cardiac's handsome and over-careful rooms there was an attempt at depth the set lawrence galleon craven and five or six more never thought about life unless drink drove them to do so and drink drove them to-night a long thin man williamson by name with a half blue for rackets and a pensive manner had a favourite formula on these occasions but think of a rabbit now only conveying by the remark that here was a proof of god's supreme astounding carelessness you shoot it you know without turning a hair no joke you rotter and it breeds millions a week and does it think about it that's what i want to know where's its soul hasn't got a soul well what is the soul anyway there you are the thing's properly started and the more the set drinks the vaguer it gets until finally it goes happily to bed and wakes with a headache and a healthy opinion that religion and that sort of stuff is rot in the morning that is precisely as far as intellect ever ventured in saul's there may have been quaint obscure fellows who sported their oaks every night and talked cleverly on ginger beer but they were not admitted as part of the scheme of things saulines to quote lawrence are not clever they were not especially clever to-night thought olva as he sat in the shadow away from the light of the fire and watched them sitting back in enormous armchairs with their legs stretched out blowing wreaths of smoke into the air drinking whiskies and sodas no not clever craven the shadows blacker than ever under his eyes was on the opposite side of the room from olva he sat with his head down and was silent think of a rabbit now said williamson i suppose said galleon who was not gifted that they're happy enough yes but what do they make of it all at this moment craven suddenly burst in with where's carfax this question was felt by every one to be tactless elaborately with great care and some considerable effort carfax had been forgotten forgotten it seemed by every one save craven he had been forgotten because his death did not belong to the cambridge order of things because it raised unpleasant ideas and made one morbid and neurotic it had in fact nothing in common with cold baths marmalade rugby football and musical comedy on the present occasion the remark was especially unpleasant because craven had made it in so odd a manner during the last few weeks it had been very generally noticed that craven had not been himself so pleasant and healthy a fellow he had always been but now this carfax business was too much for him look out for young craven had been the general warning implied if not expressed persons who threatened to be unusual were always marked down in cambridge and now craven had been unusual where's carfax what a dreadful thing to say and how tactless the note moreover in craven's voice sounded a danger there was something in the air as though the fellow might at any moment burst into tears fire a pistol into the air or jump out of the window so unpleasant and carfax was much more real even now than an abstract rabbit dear boy said cardiac easily carfax is dead we all miss him it was a beastly horrible affair but there's no point in dwelling on things one only gets morbid and morbidity isn't what we're here for 
it's all very well craven was angrily muttering but it's scandalous the way you forget a man here he was amongst the whole lot of you only a month or so ago and he was a friend of every one's and then some brute kills him he's done for and you don't care a damn it's beastly it makes one sick where do you think he is craven olva asked quietly from his shadowy corner craven flung up his head perhaps you can tell us he cried there was such hostility in his voice that the whole room was startled poor craven he really was very unwell the sight of his tired eyes and white cheeks the shadow of his hand quivering on his knee here were signs that all was not as it should be gone now at any rate any possibility of a comfortable evening craven said no more but still sat there with his head hanging his only movement the shaking of his hand cardiac tried to bring ease back again williamson once more started his rabbits but now there was danger in that direction conversation fell heavily helplessly to the ground some man got up to go and someone else followed him it was the wrong moment for departure for they had drunk enough to make it desirable to drink more but to escape from that white face of craven's was the thing out into the air at last craven himself got up i must be off he said heavily so must i olva said coming forward from his corner craven flung him a frightened glance and then passed stumbling out of the door olva caught him up at the bottom of the dark stairs he put a hand on craven's trembling arm and held him there i want to talk to you craven come up to my room craven tried to wrench his arm away no i'm tired i want to go to bed you haven't been near me for weeks why oh nothing let me go i'll come up another time no i must talk to you now come olva's voice was stern his face white and hard no i won't you must i won't keep you long i have something to tell you craven suddenly ceased to struggle he gazed straight into olva's eyes and the look that he gave him was the strangest thing something of terror something of anger a great wonder and even strangest of all a struggling affection i'll come he said in olva's room he stood a disturbed figure facing the imperturbability of the other man with restless eyes and hands that moved up and down against his coat olva commanded the situation with stern eyes he seemed to be the accuser sit down fill a pipe no i won't sit what do you want please sit it's so much easier for us both to talk i can't say the things that i want to when you're standing over me please sit down craven sat down olva faced him now look here craven a little time ago you came and wished that we should see a good deal of one another you came in here often and you took me to see your people you were charming i was delighted to be with you olva paused craven said nothing then suddenly for no reason that i can understand this changed do you remember that afternoon when you had tea with me here and i went to sleep it was after that you were never the same after that and it has been growing worse now you avoid me altogether you don't speak to me if you can help it i'm not a man of many friends and i don't wish to lose one without knowing first what it is that i have done will you tell me what it is 
craven made no answer his eyes passed restlessly up and down the room as though searching for some way of escape he made little choking sounds in his throat when olva had had no answer to his question he went gravely on but it isn't only your attitude to me that matters although i do want you to explain that but i want you also to tell me what the damage is you're most awfully unwell you're an utterly different man changed entirely during the last week or two and we've all noticed it but it doesn't only worry us here it worries your mother and sister too you've no right to keep it to yourself there is nothing the matter of course there is a man doesn't alter in a day for nothing and i date it all from that evening when you had tea with me and i can't help feeling that it's something that i can clear up if it is anything that i can do if i can clear your bother up in any way you have only to tell me and he added slowly i think at least that you owe me an explanation of your own personal avoidance of me no man has any right to drop a friend without giving his reasons you know that craven craven suddenly raised his weary eyes i never was a friend of yours we were acquaintances that's all you made me a friend of your mother and sister i demand an explanation craven there is no explanation i'm not well out of condition why why is a fellow ever out of condition i've been working too hard i suppose but you said you've got something to tell me what have you got to tell me tell me first what is troubling you no you refuse absolutely then i have nothing to tell you then you brought me in here on a lie i should never have come if yes if i hadn't thought you had something to tell me what should i have to tell you i don't know nothing there was a pause and then with a sudden surprising force craven almost appealed dune you can help me you can make a great difference i am ill it's quite true i'm not myself a bit and i'm tortured by imaginations awful things i suppose carfax has got on my nerves and i've had absurd fancies you can help me if you'll just answer me one question only one i don't want to know anything else i'll never ask you anything else only this where were you on the afternoon that carfax was murdered he brought it out at last his hands gripping the sides of his chair all the agonized uncertainty of the last few weeks in his voice olva faced him standing above him and looking down upon him my dear craven what an odd question why do you want to know well finding your matchbox like that there in sanit wood and i know you must have lost it just about then because i remember you're looking for it here i thought perhaps you might have seen somebody had some kind of suspicion well i was as a matter of fact there that very afternoon i walked through the wood with bunker rather late i met no one during the whole of the time no one no one you have no suspicion no suspicion the boy relapsed from his eagerness into his heavy dreary indifference his lips were working olva seemed to catch the words why should it be i why should it be i olva came over to him and placed his hand on his shoulder look here old man i don't know what's the matter with you but it's plain enough that you've got this carfax business on your nerves drop it it does no good it's the worst thing in the world to brood about carfax is dead 
if i could help you to find his murderer i would but i can't craven's whole body was trembling under olva's hand olva moved back to his chair craven listen to me you must listen to me then speaking very slowly he brought out i have a right to speak to you a great right i wish to marry your sister craven started up from his chair no no he cried you never so long as i can prevent it you have no right to say that olva answered him sternly until you have given me your reasons i don't know that she cares a pin about me i don't suppose that she does but she will i'm going to do my very best to marry her craven broke away to the middle of the room his body was shaking with passion and he flung out his hand as though to ward off olva from him you marry my sister my god i will prevent it i will tell her he caught himself up suddenly what will you tell her then craven collapsed he stood there rocking on his feet his hands covering his face oh it's all too awful he moaned it's all too awful for a wonderful moment olva felt that he was about to tell craven everything a flood of words rose to his lips he seemed for an instant to be rising with a great joyous freedom as did christian when he had dropped his burden to a new honesty a high deliverance and then he remembered margaret craven you take my advice craven and get your nerves straight you're in a shocking condition craven went to the door and turned you can tell nothing nothing i will never rest until i know who murdered carfax he closed the door behind him and was gone. End of chapter 10